0: Hello, you're listening to Batty Bitches. I'm your host, Brooke Devarge of Bats Ceramics, and this is a new special episode called Cave Critique, where I have an artist on to talk about their work in detail to learn more about their process and inspiration. I then give my constructive criticism of a piece of their work which I have been blessed with purchasing. And this episode, I am joined by Morgan Greenhaw of Moonshine Ceramics. Well, my friends, it looks like we're entering the cave. It's time to get baddie bitches. Hello, Morgan. How are you today? I'm great. How are you, Brooke? I'm good, good. Thank you for being on the podcast. This is a cave critique a new segment for the podcast so I'm going to have an artist on that I have um, purchased their work from them so I can give them feedback and I would like as the artist I'd like you to describe why you created it and your thoughts and emotions during your process and all that fun stuff so yeah so (laughs) let's get into it uh for anyone who doesn't know you um, could you describe your artistic background for us?
1: Absolutely. Um, I studied graphic design in college, and I mostly only did that because I switched my major last minute to art studio. <laughs> uh, and my parents, my loving parents, were paying for my college and were quite worried about me making a living as an artist. Um, so at the time, I was like, I'll just go graphic design because that's the most reliable um yeah. of at the time and i really enjoyed it and as far as critiques go i feel like graphic design got me pretty accustomed to critiques because we had them all the time in those classes um but then logan and i my husband hiked the at in 2017 and during that i just decided i was going to pursue pottery full time when we got back so when we got back i Designed a t-shirt to sell to buy my first kiln. Um, My grandmother bought me my first wheel, and I started out in a basement, just cranking away. I knew very, very little, Um, uh, so I kind of self-taught from there, uh, just watching a lot of different people, other artists on Instagram, uh, a lot of YouTube videos at the time, and that's kind of how I got started. Wow. Yeah. Yeah that's awesome i didn't know that
0: so that's great to hear um so i know your work and your business name is because when you were hiking the trail you said i just love this story so much (laughs) when you guys were camping out on the trail with multiple other hikers Someone thought that your flashlight when you got up to go to the bathroom at night was the moon. <laughs> so
1: they called you moonshine. And I thought that was really sweet. <laughs> so each shelter on the AT, there's like a spiral notebook. It's a trail log and you just sign in when you go. And people started referencing Gibberish, which was Logan's trail name, and then Moonshine. Who's that? And I finally figured out. Um and found track this guy's instagram post and he had actually taken a picture of my headlamp in the the night because it was so bright i was (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) oh geez so your husband's nickname is gibberish is it because he's just gibbers all the time
1: (laughs) yeah he actually got it our very first night out on the trail uh, when he gets, like, really excited, his brain works so much faster than his mouth, and so you can only understand, like, 10% of what he's saying. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That happens <laughs> but I think it's the perfect trail name for him. And then Moonshine, they just kind of pair together, because when you drink too much Moonshine, you speak gibberish, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect, yeah, that, <laughs> you're right, that's great.
0: <laughs> so to get back into the um artist talk here i want
1: to know where
0: your inspiration comes from for your work
1: that's a great question i mostly pull from the earth i try to keep everything i make very natural um i love earth tones i love like textures playing around with different textures that you see uh we walk our dogs every single day and i've just always constantly looking around trying to figure out different concepts that I could put onto a ceramic surface but somewhere along the way my love for garden gnomes also made its way in and I feel like that's just kind of really changed my journey but also kind of accelerated how much the earth comes into play because garden gnomes are garden gnomes so it's easy to (laughs) to bring in like bright colors but also really muted earth tones onto the hats and bodies of those as well. Sweet. yeah.
0: So can you also describe your creation process like how you get into it and how you create your work?
1: Sure. Um, Well I typically work in like curated collections so before I start throwing I just kind of come up with one general concept of what every piece in that collection is going to be. You do the same thing. You're yeah. much at it than I am. <laughs> oh, don't toot my horn. <laughs> oh, I, all day. I remember the first time I found you on Instagram, I was like, I know that Brooke's going to make it big. Um, but you're a big inspiration as far as like collections. I feel like it's so helpful to work in that way because it just gives you a more direct design to kind of go off of. Um, and I feel like I'm so scatterbrained as just a person and as an artist as well. So coming into my studio, it helps me to like have a a general concept that I'm working in rather than I'm sitting at my wheel and it could go any way that it wants to, um, which yeah. is- <laughs> I understand that.
0: <laughs> Completely <Yeah>. scatterbrained, <laughs> like, If I didn't have a sketchbook, I probably wouldn't have collection-based batches, and uh, I totally get what you're saying. Like, there's so many ideas out there, too, that it's good to pinpoint where you're going to go for a collection of work, and I, in my opinion, when people do so many other ideas at one time, it's kind of not really cohesive and it's distracting and i don't know that's just me as an artist like i have to have that structure so Mm. yeah i totally get the scattered brain before i get into the actual critique of my opinion i would like to describe this beautiful little mug that i purchased (laughs) from you um this is the mug that we're gonna be critiquing today if you give me consent to do that (laughs) so i just want to do the run through it's approximately nine fluid ounces. It's wheel thrown, and the handle looks like it's pulled. And I just want to ask, did you pull it from the bottom and then secure it to the top? Yes. Yeah, because the bottom is a little bit thicker, and that's usually how you pull it off the body. So I don't pull my handles off the body. I don't know how how you guys do it all these artists doing pulling their handles off the body I think it's because I have really tiny hands and I can't hold my mug form a certain way and it's just a weird angle for me so I personally don't pull them off the mug form but people who can pull it off and this successfully kudos because I can't figure it out I've tried so many times and I'm just like no this isn't the path for me I can't
1: do it I only do it like probably half the time. It just depends on the mug style. okay, that's yeah.
0: interesting. Yeah, So my first impression of this was that it was super lightweight. and that is amazing. I don't know how you got it so lightweight. Are most of your work this lightweight?
1: I tried. That's something I pick up I picked up in college. Um I had a very old school pottery professor. I took two classes from. And he would just walk around, and if our pieces were too heavy for what they looked like they should be, he would just pick them up and drop them on the ground. Oh and shit! <laughs> just always back in my brain, like we can't, we can't have that happen. Even though he's not here, so I think it's just um, something I aim for. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's <laughs> harsh for that, but I totally get that. I feel the the same when. Whenever I'm wheel throwing or trimming, it's in the back of my mind of my dad always like, you have to clean up your mess. So I always clean my wheel after I work. So in a way, those harsh critiques can really help you in the end. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so your mug, the glaze is half um matte and half shiny, and that's just the different glazes that you use. The base coat is a matte, and then you put a shiny gloss glaze over the top, and it looks like you just did it around the rim here, and then it pulled down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the inside is completely matte for that base coat. So yeah, and I just, I just love it so much, and I wanna describe the story of when I purchased it because I just thought it was just, it's meant to be because of the story. So I was on your website, gonna buy a mug in this design because I love this glaze combo that you do. And they all sold out on me and I was like, ah, bummer. And then (laughs) amazingly, like maybe not even three minutes later, this mug popped up as a listing and i was like oh my god there's one left (laughs) and i messaged you after and you said that this one was um it was just lost in the kerfuffle of a restock and you listed it last minute and i was like oh i got one And I just think it was meant to be mine because of that. And I'm so grateful for it. And my husband uses it all the time for coffee. He loves tiny mugs. And he can use his two little sausage fingers. I can use three fingers in the handle. And I love to use it for chocolate milk because I'm a bit lactose intolerant. So a little bit of milk. <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's well loved. So thank you for creating it. Oh, thank you so So I want to talk about the bottom of the mug. The quote on the bottom says, your past has prepared you for this. And then you put the date and then your logo is stamped. So I want to talk about that quote because it's such a heartwarming and reflective quote on our memories our lives and really it it truly is what it is like your past has created like this for you and you are who you are because of your past so can you describe to me why you decided on putting that on your mug
1: yeah so for that collection it was called glazed and confused and everything was just solid glazed pieces which i don't often do But each one, I think there were four or five, and they all have, like, a different story with me. And that's kind of why I keep them constant in my work. And that one, when I first tried out that glaze combo, my sister called me and told me. It reminded her so much of my grandfather because he used to take us on walks by this little creek in their backyard. And there were a bunch of birch trees. So I named it River Birch Memories, kind of in honor of him because it was I think two years after he passed and um at the time I was in therapy for some PTSD trying to heal from my childhood and I did EMDR I don't know if you know what that is but it's a specific type of therapy Mm -hmm. and you have to like find a spirit guide and my grandfather was that for me so um I just kind of pulled that all together and it just resonated really well for me with that glaze combination specifically. So everything that my grandfather taught me growing up and the lessons that like I'm still learning from the life he lived kind of transformed my therapy experience after he became my spirit guide. And so I just felt like it was a great way to honor him and um, everything that he's done for me and is still doing for me, really that's so sweet yeah yeah i i really love
0: that um the quote resonates with me and that was one of the reasons why i decided on purchasing this glaze not only the fact that the glaze combo is amazing but the quote itself also resonated with me because i also have ptsd and i i've gone to therapy Therapy. jeez therapy also (laughs) and you're right like therapy and it helped me a lot figure out why I think the way I think and the things I do throughout my life and the relationships and stuff that I've had and yeah I just I really resonated with this quote and yeah I just it still resonates with me today and I truly believe that your past is um it prepares you for your life um it it's kind of like our our memories and our our uh, situations that we've been through in our past makes us who we are today Mm -hmm. and without that growth we wouldn't be who we are today so I think that's really special um So before I get into this critique, I'm going to ask you again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we move on, I'd like to ask you for your consent for me to talk about your work through my eyes. And it's honestly, it's not really bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally fine. I think that I've prepared my mind enough to be strong enough for it
0: (laughs) yeah we've we've went through college art critiques i think we can handle it (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's not bad i promise it's not like i'm gonna crap all over your mug (laughs) i mean i told you before i love this thing so there's really nothing bad about it that i can talk about there's only one thing that i had a slight little issue with but it's not even bad (laughs) all right so the unboxing was beautiful you wrapped it perfectly um obviously it didn't break in shipment so you're really good at packaging your work um you also gave a um like a how to care for your mug which I really enjoyed that and just a thank you card with it and your your business card and all that stuff came with it I think I still have the card that it's on, in my. I think it's on my refrigerator. I keep a lot of the what? cards. That, yeah, I keep a lot of my cards from other artists, just because I I love the little things that I get in my boxes, and I hope people save mine too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure that they. Will. <laughs> well, I hope so. Well, thank you. So, I talked about my first impressions about the. The size, I actually didn't know that it was going to be this small, even though (laughs) I read all of the listings and everything. I was like, wow, it's actually really small. But you did list that it was approximately 9 to 10 fluid ounces. So in my mind, I just can't pinpoint the uh, numbers to reality. So when I first got it, I was like, oh, it's really tiny. But I love it. Cause it's actually the smallest cup that I have so it just has so much character um like ref- man I'm having a brain fart what's the word I'm trying to think of spit it out Brooke <laughs> uh comparison that's the word <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> comparing it to all the other work that I have it's so much smaller so I think it really stands out in the crowd of all the work that I have and I have a lot of ceramic mugs so yeah I was surprised by the weight it's super lightweight and then when I started to hold it I loved the difference of the texture from the matte to the gloss it gives it a really nice um it's just full circle. Like a lot of people don't like matte glazes because of the texture because a lot of people are just like the traditional shiny soft glaze. But having the two different textures is really nice because it it gives you, uh, it's so hard to describe because I haven't done a critique in such a long time, <laughs> but it's like... <laughs> it gives you more than one thing if if there's a better word for that <laughs> so and i really like the flared rim because i have a underbite so my bottom lip comes out a little more so my lip fits perfectly under that rim when i drink from it and so the only thing that I had an issue with when I first got it was the fact that you sand down the bottom foot rim like super buttery smooth, but you leave the inside rough. Yes, that was my only question slash concern for it. So is there a reason why you don't sand down? I mean, I understand that um, you underglaze the quote on after the bisque fire right Mm -hmm. and then if you sand over that obviously it's going to take away the quote so would you consider sanding or even burnishing the bottom ring in the trimming like when you're trimming it you can burnish down all the uh because it's speckled clay so speckled clay kind of has a rough texture to it Mm
1: -hmm. so if
0: you burnish it it might push down the uh, grog or grit or whatever it is, so that could soften it, um, or you could sand it before you put the underglaze on.
1: So I actually do. This is an ongoing battle I have with this clay. Um, I've actually considered switching clay bodies quite a few times because of it. It's so heavily grogged. Um, when everything comes out of the bisque kiln, I use the diamond core. Flexible pads. Mm-hmm. I just try my best to just sand the shit <laughs> out of every piece. Um, but I remember when you wrote the critique of this mug, that really resonated with me. So I've tried really hard to like extra, take extra care of the rim, the sides of the handle, and then the very bottom. And then the foot ring, I always do after the glaze kiln. Mm-hmm. That's just extra buttery soft and then like you said after the underglaze signature is on there it's hard to sand down any remaining grog because it takes away yeah like not completely but it just makes it look different especially with the coat on there so I'm trying I seriously since you wrote the first, <laughs> it has fat I hear your voice it's just like my professor i like hear your voice all the time sand 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 the bottom <laughs> I'm sorry. (laughs) No, don't be. It's a great tip. I never even thought about it before you wrote that. And I can't even remember if before that I was sanding the bottom. I feel like I was, but probably not as carefully as I should have been. You know,
0: it's not even that bad when I touch it now. I mean, my first impression was like, oh, that's rough compared to the buttery soft rim. But it's only... I can only give that opinion because the rim is so soft mm-hmm. that it's such a different texture than the inside. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's the only thing. Other than that, it's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And so are you sanding after bisque? Mhm. Before you put the underglaze or after? Before. Before. Okay. So, I think yeah, if I got a mug from you now, it'd probably feel a lot different. Yeah.
1: So, I'm <laughs> glad that I'm influencing you a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why, like, I said yes to doing this, because it's just as scary as it can be for someone to give you a critique. It's so helpful, because everyone has a different perspective, just in general, but especially other ceramicists, like, it's just a we all know so much about our own process and like sharing those tips back and forth is so helpful. Yeah, we can definitely get lost
0: in our own process too. And then we forget about the little things which have impacts on the finished work. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, if you didn't want to sand it and if you're still having trouble sanding, I definitely suggest burnishing the bottom after you trim it. Just give it a nice like, burnish with i use a mud tool uh the green one it's like semi um squishy so that really pushes the clay into itself again and compression and it burnishes at the same time that's awesome i've actually
1: yeah. tried to burnish a pot so i think i've seen people use a metal spoon is that a yeah thing? yeah yeah i've had a. Uh, people
0: in college use metal spoons they were using rocks uh really? yeah anything that they oh. could get their hands on that had a smooth surface mm-hmm. yeah. well cool i'll give that a shot for sure it might work i mean i'm not 100 percent, but in my mind and in what my process goes through it burnishing really um smooths the surface down cool so that could work yeah yeah so I want to talk about the River Birch Memories name. Like you described, your grandfather took you on walks and there was birch trees all around the creek where you took your walks. And I just I think the glaze combo really speaks River Birch Memories for me because that is the perfect name for this glaze combo because of the colors you've got the the matte undertone colors which are a tan and then you've got the the black speckles which from the actual speckled clay and then the black crystals in the crystal glaze which is the the first coat glaze which i think is sandstone right You
1: got it hey <laughs> Which is my favorite glaze. <laughs> don't, I don't even really use it anymore. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I use it all
0: the time. It's, I'm actually, I only have one pint left and I should probably buy some more.
1: I 12, have... you can.
0: <laughs> oh my God, I'll buy them off of you if you don't want them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the the base coat is a matte tan and then you've got the shiny gloss glaze which um, combines with the matte sandstone glaze and creates like blue hues when it melted with the black crystals and you've got some peachy undertone crystals in there that just created with the chemistry of the glaze and it's white and cream and it just. And with the blue, it kind of reflects the sky, the water, which is the river, and then the flow of the glaze can also be a metaphor for the river, the flow of the creek and the river. And the black crystals can be a symbol of the birch trees because the birch trees are white with the black, um, I don't even know what they're called. <laughs> not, not, They're not nuts. Yeah, knots or eyes or something like that. Yeah, so yeah I think that that glaze name fits so well with the reason why you named it River Birch memories and the quote on the bottom. I think it's just a beautiful story and it it all just fits together so well and I, I think that that really works and I feel like more people need that reasoning behind their work. I I feel like a lot of people today just create work to create it and they don't really have a backstory about why. They're just like, oh, I just like it.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) sure. (laughs) But, which is subjective. I mean, all art is subjective. You can definitely create art just because you like it and you can create it the way you want to no one else is gonna get in your way but for me i like a reasoning i like a story and yeah i just think that this it's just so well thought out for in my opinion and i i just love it and what if you can remember because i don't remember the other glazes and the other quotes in the collection can you do um tell me because i would love to know those storylines too (laughs) oh gosh if you can remember i know it was what two years ago
1: (laughs) yeah was it two years yeah it says 2021 on the bottom crazy okay well there was peacock dreams which is my favorite glaze combination that i do and i think it's probably the longest going for me and that one, I have no idea what the quote. Was. <laughs> <laughs> there was one that I had just figured out before that release, and I can't remember what I named it. But the quote on the bottom was, "You are a reflection of the earth's beauty," and it had probably eight different layers of glaze flowing down. Wow! And inspired by my trip to Yellowstone National Park. Uh, I don't know if you've been there, but they have so many pools, tidal pools, and there's so many colors. It's just crazy. Um, And then there was All Together Now, and the quote on the bottom of that one was, we're all in this together or something along those lines. And I think that was it. I think it was just four different glazes that I did. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So your, your peacock dreams one, maybe, I don't know, I'm just going to pull this out of my ass. <laughs> maybe <laughs> your quote was that peacocks are super colorful and they have a lot of personality and uh, a lot of, um. like they, they think they're a peacock, you know, like being yeah. a peacock, you think you're all that and stuff. Maybe it was that. Sometimes you have to be a peacock to uh, pat yourself on the back or
1: something. <laughs> sounds like me, so that's probably what
0: it was. I don't know. I mean, it sounds it sounds nice, right? Yeah. Like sometimes it's not a bad it's not a bad thing to pat yourself on the back, it, especially if you're proud of yourself about something. So flaunt it if you got it right. Yeah,
1: people don't do that enough, honestly. So I agree with you. Yeah. I think it's something to do with Sparkle because I used cosmic tea dust in it. Mm-hmm. And it, like, catches the sunlight just right. But I just can't I, – I probably wrote that one the most, and I cannot remember it. So, <laughs> really embarrassing. It's <laughs> <That's> fine. Uh, <laughs> did you create um,
0: a glaze combo – like, which one did you create the most of in that batch? Do you remember? The peacock? <laughs>
1: It. So I was like, put it on everything. Yeah. But, I feel the same about sandstone. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it just blisters a lot on my clay. So um, I, think I probably had the least amount of the River Birch memories. And then altogether now was probably second. So I was like towards the beginning of when I started that. I wouldn't even call it a combination because I just put whatever glazes I'm using at the time on those pieces. So that design, I guess. Uh, So did you test these out before? You had to have, right? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) Yeah, really bad. I'm trying this year to turn a new leaf and, or is that how you say that? Turn a new tape. Yeah. And I have so many testiles in my kiln right now. I don't even know who I am, but that's... uh, I've lost so many pieces because I don't do that. I'm just trying to be more economical and kinder to myself because it's so discouraging when you open the kiln. Even just three pieces out of 30 look like crap, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because you put so much
0: hard work into them. And the fact that we hand paint our glazes on, because, yeah, it just takes so much time and effort. And then when they come out bad, it's like a stab to the heart. So, but yes, textiles. I feel the same. I've got seven in this next batch, and Aww. I'm like, oh, I'm probably gonna put half of them on mugs in the same batch. <laughs> yeah, I I just started using um, Spectrum Autumn Floating Purple. Is that the name? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I put it on three mugs. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it comes out good because those three mugs, ah, uh, they're ladybugs. So, uh, we'll see.
1: Well, if it helps, I use autumn purple pretty regularly, and I really enjoy it. So,
0: okay, good for you. Cool. <laughs> good I'm glad well I have a little bit of faith so (laughs) I'm being optimistic I think that's what a lot of our glazes are they're just plain old optimism
1: yeah and if they come out bad then oh well I mean sometimes (laughs) the the combinations you use all the time come out bad every once in a while so it's just a flip of a coin really yeah it's like yeah i always
0: say that opening the glaze kiln is like christmas morning you never know what you're gonna get true <laughs> <laughs> uh so because those posts that i put up on my story didn't get any comments which. <laughs> No, it's fine. I'm sorry. I'm like, man, I thought people would actually want to ask another artist random questions like we usually do the uh, ask me anything things on our story. So I don't know what was up at everybody's butt that day, but <laughs> so I wrote down some compulsory questions for you. So. I wanna know, do you have a favorite tool that you cannot live without?
1: Yes. And I don't know how to describe it, but it comes in every standard pack, really. And it has a little triangle at the end. And I move, I bend the triangle to the side and that's how I carve all my wood grains and stuff.
0: Oh, wow. I think
1: I know the tool you're talking about. It's
0: just like a little piece of wire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very popular tool for a lot of other artists, too. Really? Yeah. uh, I feel like that was the tool that made people switch to Diamond Core because that tool was, like, before Diamond Core was popular, that was the tool that everyone wanted.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah, I think. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so my next question is is there something you've been interested in trying art related or not art related
1: oh man I don't I mean I don't know how to answer that not necessarily trying but just doing I used to paint all the time And before I got into ceramics, I had planned out a 14-part series paintings of, like, one painting for each 14 states of the Appalachian Trail. And I still have all the canvases, and most of them are already sketched out, and I have not painted a single thing. (laughs) (sighs) I
0: feel that. (laughs) Me too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I feel that
0: on a very high level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, someday,
1: right? yeah we'll just keep well i'll always keep the canvases and if i die before they're painted then that's what happens <laughs> yeah it's what it is
0: <laughs> well it's, it's nice to know if there's anything that we had to do we have those canvases to paint that's true <laughs> but we'll probably not paint them
1: <laughs> I'll probably say mosaics and or stained glass that's that's on my my near future i would just like to learn i don't know how far that would take me but i just want to learn
0: well the mosaics would be great because we're potters and we have a ton of broken pieces
1: yes yeah <laughs> i had one lady i mailed her a bunch of my scraps and she started turning them into a table that's awesome yeah the messenger and see how that project is going but
0: yeah i'd love to see it
1: yeah. that's sweet all right, my
0: next question is this I've been thinking about this ever since um Nseka happened. Hmm. So um yeah. Uh, would you be interested in sharing an
1: Airbnb with pottery friends in the next it's <laughs> yeah. So funny that you asked because Zoe of Wormwood and Honey Pottery reached yeah. out we were gonna go together this year and other things happened, and we didn't. But our plan is to do it next year, so I would definitely open up the invitation to everyone.
0: (laughs) Awesome, because Becca Sands and I were
1: talking about
0: it. Oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah, I know, right? I think it would be extremely overwhelming (laughs) because (laughs) we've never seen each other in person other than video chatting or online, but, it would be so much fun, overwhelming, exhausting, in my opinion, but just, oh, my God, I just, it would be so heartwarming, especially for me, because I don't get out that often. <laughs> and I honestly don't have that many friends in real life. <laughs> it's really sad. You're in good to be here. For sure.
1: Okay, good.
0: So <laughs> I would be very overwhelmed with just being around people, but I would love it. <laughs> yeah i think it would be so much fun and lastly because i told you mine uh do you have a favorite commercial glaze that
1: you use all the time my new very favorite and i actually would throw all of my other glazes away is honey flux from amica yes i basically designed. so i'm doing a show in athens next weekend and I planned this whole collection for it around that glaze. So that would wow. be... Wow. Yeah. Is it just honey flux or are you comboing? I do combo it usually, but it's also just absolutely stunning on its own. Yeah. It, really, yeah. it has so much depth and I don't know, it's white, but it also has the blue and the orange of the oh. the flux on the mug you have from me. It's very similar, but it's a lot easier to use on its own than, like, Flux from Mako, so. Yeah,
0: I've been using Honey Flux myself, and as a base coat, it comes out like a creamy pink. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the creamy pink, but when I overlap it with other glazes, then it really comes to life.
1: Yeah, it's it's so much fun just to see how different glazes work with it and also if you put glazes under it versus on top of it the same combo it's completely different yeah it's mind-boggling
0: yeah also on different clay bodies i know on my brown clay i use uh, laguna 80 which is kind of like a between a red and a brown um it comes out almost blue like a creamy blue yeah yeah, and then I'm uh, trying it on black brown bear clay um, and that comes out blue. That's so cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, what? This is awesome. are My <laughs> favorite. It's so versatile and it's really actually a lot more stable than the word flux would make you think that it is. So Yeah,
0: it is. It doesn't drip at all unless I layer it with other glazes like super mm-hmm. thick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you see the new Amaco flux glazes? Yes, I'm so Yeah, Yeah, the green one looks really pretty. Yeah. Yeah, did you see the Mako
1: ones? I just got an email from Clay King today that I think had a little picture, but I didn't pay much attention to them.
0: There's 12 new glazes, and there's three of them that are crystal with the little crystals and I'm like oh my god I have to get my hands on those (laughs) they might be my new favorite I don't know sandstone has to take a seat I don't know oh so they're
1: like colorful with crystals yeah yeah that sounds awesome
0: there's one called uh peppered plum which is just their plum glaze but with crystals in it and uh it looks like sandstone but it's like a maroon purple Ooh. yeah it's like peachy maroon red and ugh. <laughs> i can't wait to get it i can't wait to get it because there's gonna there's the one time i'm gonna have a hundred test tiles <laughs> <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> i really gotta get my ass in gear and get these test tiles made so i yeah. can actually perform the
1: tests <laughs> that's my problem. I don't do the test tiles. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, I need to do a test. That's why I always have ornaments hanging around. So in like pinches, I just throw an ornament with a glaze combination in there. And sometimes I sell the ornaments, so it works out. That's
0: great. Yeah, I usually do the little bowls and I sell the little bowls. Yeah, that's yeah it, it's just the fact that the I trim them too, so they kind of take a little bit more time than right. i want but you know they they come out they look better even even if the glaze combo isn't the prettiest you still have a nice bowl and so. can feed tiny bowls in their house oh yeah i have a lot i use them to feed my cat who's sleeping right now oh nice yeah she's in her little bed she just started using it more often and she's so cute <laughs> finally using her bed other than up my ass. (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) I just, yeah, I just, I love talking with play friends. So if there's any, do you have any questions for
1: me before we go? I have thousands of questions for you. Wow. Try to think of some. Do you still paint with paint as well as?
0: I have not painted with the usual paint like acrylic or oil or watercolor in a very long time Mm -hmm. and I also have canvases all (laughs) over the place (laughs) and I have a ton of paint in my studio and a ton of oil painting brushes and all that stuff and yeah I just haven't had the gumption to get back into it, because ceramics just feels like overpowering, mm-hmm. like gravitational pull for me. And honestly, I didn't have much of a following for just my 2D canvas paintings or paper watercolor. Um, Once I started ceramics, it was, like the doors flew right open and everyone was like wow you're painting on mugs (laughs) and i was like yeah (laughs) so yeah i i have been wanting to get back into it i have a canvas downstairs that's like really big and i'm like a really nice double fawn painting like super expressive with trees like foggy in the background it looks so pretty like right above someone's mantle or like a like a, a hallway or something or just like ugh I'm seeing in my mind but then when I actually go to like try to get the paints out I'm like I don't know if I want to <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah just, I just don't know How did you find clay originally?
0: Well, I started in college. It was my senior year and I took it as an elective and I never looked back. Hmm. Yeah, and then I learned about underglaze in 2019 from uh, her name's Nikki. I I think it's Nikki Ceramics, something like that. She also paints. On her mugs, Uh, she recently moved overseas. Does she do a lot of roosters on her pieces? Yeah, uh, (laughs) chickens, roosters. uh, She did frogs, and she was doing um, like studio paintings, little wheels. Yeah. So I asked her. I said, "What are you using on your mugs?" And she said, "It's underglaze." I was like. And then I got underglaze and then the rest is history.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. Does it, was it hard for you to like switch from actual paint to underglaze? It was a struggle
0: because the texture of the paint is a little bit different. Um, I was really used to oil paint, so oil paint is like really smooth, needs time to dry for layers, but the underglaze dried almost instantly, kinda just like a watercolor or acrylic, but was thinner in a way. Um, So in my opinion, I feel like the underglaze is between like a watercolor gouache and acrylic. It's like right in between those, different paints because you can use it like a watercolor or you can use it like an acrylic but keep it thin because if it's too thick it'll bubble in the kiln and all that chemistry will mess it up
1: yeah Yeah. yes
0: yeah it is
1: browns i have found from amico i have the hardest time with the browns
0: which ones um teddy bear brown because that one is the one
1: yeah, well, it turns glossy randomly. It does. So everything will be matte and then wherever teddy bear brown is is glossy and you're like,
0: what? <laughs> yeah, it's because um, I'm not 100% sure because I'm not a chemist. I don't know. I don't know how they created this stuff, but I think it's because it has a certain amount of flux in it and it makes it run or or just react to heat and it makes it melt a certain way and then it's just shiny
1: so random
0: yeah I don't know <laughs> um but yeah if you look at um a lot of my fawns, my paintings and my fawns, um they do have a glossy sheen to them because teddy bear brown is the base coat that I use gotcha yeah and other underglazes do the same I think um Black might do it and chocolate brown from Amico. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. I'm pretty sure they, um, I don't know why. I think they just get shiny. It's just, and I think it, it might also be three coats or more makes them even more shiny. Yeah. So if you do them thin, they might not be shiny. Hmm. Yeah, or you could always mix them with another brand, and that might dilute how shiny they get.
1: I have never tried another brand's underglaze. You should. Why not? I know. I never even think about it. Yeah, I've got uh, Amaco Speedball and
0: Spectrum. I just started using Spectrum.
1: I love Spectrum's glazes. I really yeah. do. I should get more
0: because... I actually, they put a funny taste in my mouth when I, I didn't eat it, but <laughs> metaphorically. <laughs> uh, uh, it was when I first started out, I used Spectrum Clear Transparent right over my underglaze work and it all bubbled because I put it on way too thick and I don't think I fired it hot enough and I didn't do a slow cooler or any of that because I had no idea what really I was doing. It was the first time I fired my kiln. First time I was using underglaze, so the Spectrum Transparent just, it just, I didn't like it, so I just stopped using Spectrum altogether, just gotcha. because of that one glaze.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I encourage you to try again. <laughs> yeah, well, I got the, the floating
0: autumn purple one, so there we go. I'm starting a little, little bit out of time. Sure. And I got the underglazes, and I really love their underglazes so far
1: have to give those a shot
0: yeah the uh I think I have it under here what color is it grass green this green I usually am using um amico dark green and this one here I'll show you if I can the difference of the color the uh dark green is super super dark green like Mm -hmm. that almost looks black because there's no light Yeah, that's dark. And that's the green that I'm usually using. And this is the grass green. Wow. It's so much more rich and vibrant. I mean, I bet if you put a lot of yellow in this, it will definitely come out to this, but not having to mix in another color is really beneficial, (laughs) especially for a color that you use a lot of. You don't wanna have to mix it all the time.
1: So you don't have any problems on different under No, I don't have any issues.
0: At least so far I haven't. (laughs) Yeah, and I like to, um, I've noticed that a lot of the different brands make similar colors of one another. So I just put them the same color right in together, even though they're two different brands, probably two different chemistries but together they no issues so far so sweet yeah That's- yeah a lot of my amico and my speedball are right together and now that I have spectrum I'm putting those together. I also learned that um spectrum yellow I think it's just yellow hold on bright yellow spectrum bright yellow is literally the same as amico intense yellow really yeah they look exactly the same i'm not 100 percent sure about their chemistry in the kiln after you fire them but they look the same
1: did you ever find your bright pink that you were looking for
0: no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've uh, been trying to figure out if there's, like, a mason stain that I can get my hands on and mix it myself and then add some underglaze in with the mason stain or something. But nothing gets me that super vibrant magenta that I want. Yeah, It's literally hot pink, like a neon sign, hot pink. Huh. I, it's got to be made they have to like this pink eraser <laughs> i like it that's the pink i need. man this eraser so old it's literally hard as a rock <laughs> it's not even an eraser anymore <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> but yeah okay, i really hope that one i tagged a lot of the um ceramic suppliers in my story so hopefully they get the hint and they make me a hot pink underglaze
1: I know you're not alone in wanting that I think it would be wildly Mm -hmm. but I know the reds and pinks all of that the pigments are so much more expensive so maybe it I don't know maybe it has to do with something with that
0: I mean I don't mind spending 20 bucks on a two ounce underglaze that I've been dying for (laughs) I mean, I spend $20 on a pint of glaze as it is. The prices are crazy. So, yeah, we'll get there eventually.
1: I'll keep crossing my fingers that someone gives the hint for you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh,
0: I think we touched all my talking points about your beautiful mug. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. Yes. And thank you for creating it. Thank you for spreading your inspiring me and spreading your talents around the world and being a friend. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> and hopefully we can get together for Inseca next year. That would be amazing. It would. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm, s-
1: I'm in the Asheville area. I have a spare bedroom too. So. <gasps> oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> alright well thank you so much Morgan do you have any other questions for me I don't think so alrighty okay. yeah thank you thank you so much yeah. and I'll, I'll catch you on the Instagram sounds good alrighty bye bye <laughs> <laughs> huge thank you to Morgan for letting me critique their work and opening up about their mental health even a simple glazed mug can have a story. To see the mug in discussion, check out the podcast Instagram post at BattyBitches underscore pod. Cast. Podcast. If you don't have an Instagram, then you can find all the posts on my website, batsceramics.com. That's B-A-T-S ceramicscom to keep up with Morgan, follow her on Instagram at Moonshine Ceramics and her website moonshineceramics.com. Thanks for listening and stay batty bitches.